Hi everyone, I'm Haley Griffiths, and this is The Science of Social Media, a podcast by Buffer, your weekly sandbox for social media stories, insights, experimentation, and learning. Welcome to episode 142. I'm Brian Peters, and this week we're exploring something a little different here on the show, and that's increasing marketing productivity. Productivity, as you know, has a huge impact on your day-to-day work and can greatly influence your success online in the long run. Specifically, we'll be examining the fascinating field of neuroscience and how it influences our behavior. Think of today's show as tricks for your brain. Believe it or not, we all have peak productivity hours and individual ways of increasing our meaningful output. This episode will help you uncover a few great techniques for your own life. A warm welcome to the show, everyone. Let's kick it off. Before we get started, we have some exciting podcast news to share with you all. After 142 episodes, more than 2 million downloads, and some wonderful memories with our listeners, Brian and I will be handing the science of social media off to two brand new and super wonderful hosts. While we'll surely be sad to leave, we're really looking forward to the future of the show. We believe that this change will bring fresh perspectives, a fun new atmosphere, and interesting insights into social media marketing that you probably haven't heard before. The two new hosts are Buffer employees Dave Chapman and Heather May Pustai, and our two incredible marketers with their finger on the pulse of social media. We have no doubts that they will take this show to the next level, not to mention they have some really great podcasting voices, if I can just say that. They really do. And we'll save the intros for next week. But for now, we just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's hard to describe exactly how much the show has meant to me and Haley over the last two and a half years. It's certainly something we will never forget. Yes, thank you so much for all the memories. It has been a total privilege and an honor to share our Mondays with you. Here's to the next chapter. With that, let's kick off our last episode together, Brian. Let's do it. All right, Brian, let's not think about how this is our last episode. Let's just keep together. Uh, Though I am really excited about the topic today, Haley. I mean, I think we're both in really similar positions in that we're interested in how to maximize productivity and output, or as we like to say here at Buffer, working smarter, not harder. I absolutely agree. And some of the things we talk about in this episode are the definition of working smarter, not harder. And just to clarify, when we say productivity and working smarter, not harder, we mean working on meaningful projects that make a big impact, not necessarily working more. Right. And I think that's such a key distinction to make. And just keep that in mind as we talk about all these concepts. Uh, Jumping right in, let's talk about willpower for a minute. In the American Psychological Association's annual Stress in America survey, participants were asked to assess their ability to make healthy lifestyle choices and willpower was the number one reason they cited for not following through with making healthy choices. Right. So to quote that study, Many people believe their lives would improve if they could boost their willpower, more control over what they eat, what they saved for retirement, and how to achieve noble goals. And it, I mean, it's true. Willpower is super is a super important part of all of this. And luckily for us, there has been a lot of research into willpower that we can take advantage of. Yep. And willpower is the entire basis of the show today, essentially using neuroscience to trick your brain more or less in the beginning and then eventually forming great habits. In other words, hacking willpower until it becomes a part of your DNA. 
First things first is to start your day with your difficult tasks. There's been considerable research into willpower, and one of the pioneers in this area is Roy Baumeister. Baumeister discovered that willpower actually operates like a muscle. It can be strengthened with practice and fatigued by overuse. Willpower in the brain is fueled by glucose, and it needs to be replenished in order for it to perform optimally. Willpower and self-control is at its peak first thing in the morning. So this is the best time to make yourself take on the hardest tasks of the day. When creating your to-do list, which we'll talk about later, make sure that you carve out time in the morning first thing for the most challenging tasks. This will help to ensure you're starting your day off on the right foot. Plus, we've all been there when we get a flood of incoming messages or emails, and all of a sudden, our morning and then day are gone. Oh, totally. I definitely know that feeling. Our next neuroscience strategy is a bit more high level, but equally as important, and that's to add value and meaning to your work. Some quick context here. We went super deep down several rabbit holes when researching this episode. And one of the things that comes up quite a a lot when you're looking into neuroscience is studies of dopamine. It's a neurotransmitter, which just means it's a chemical release by your nerve cells to send signals to other nerve cells. Now, there are a couple different pathways for dopamine, and one of them plays a major role in the motivational component of reward-motivated behavior. So dopamine can be connected to our motivation and willingness to work, and in the end, it can impact our performance because dopamine shows up both when we anticipate a reward and when we're motivated to perform. And you might already be wondering what on earth this has to do with marketing productivity. Well, like I said, it's all about adding value and meaning to your work. A team of Vanderbilt scientists conducted a study in 2012 analyzing the brain patterns of people they described as go-getters. And that meant they were willing to work hard for the reward. And then the other group of people was called slackers and they were just not as motivated to work hard. (laughs) And this is where dopamine comes in. To quote the study, quote, the team found that go-getters had higher levels of dopamine in the reward and motivation part of the brain. The slackers, on the other hand, had high levels of dopamine in the emotion and risk part of the brain. What was interesting is that it's not just about raising dopamine levels, but raising them in the right areas of your brain. The key is to balance your willingness to work with willpower, because willpower is what essentially helps you get things done. Nothing will motivate you to be a go-getter if you don't truly desire the reward that comes with the work. If a paycheck is the only thing that motivates you to get out of bed, don't expect your brain to get too excited about it either. On the other hand, if you've hitched your performance to something that contains value and meaning for you, you'll be on the go-getter side of dopamine production. This next one is one that many of us can probably do a better job at, and that's to avoid multitasking. Definitely one of my favorite parts of the show here. Sure, we all like to believe that we're a master multitasker, but I think on some level, a lot of us know that we just aren't that good at it. And guess what? Yep, there are studies to prove this as well. NPR actually interviewed neuroscientist and professor Earl Miller from MIT, and he has some really interesting quotes. Basically, the human brain is not engineered to multitask. Right. Miller is quoted as saying, people can't multitask very well. And when people say they can, they're deluding themselves. The brain is very good at deluding itself. (laughs) So for the most part, we simply can't focus on more than one thing at a time. What we can do, however, is shift our focus from one thing to the next with astonishing speed. 
Consider writing an email and talking on the phone at the same time. Those things are nearly impossible to do. Trust me, I've tried multiple times. It's because of what's called interference between the two tasks, Miller said in a study. They both involve communicating via speech or the written word, and so there's a lot of conflict between the two of them. The way to be most productive is to focus your full attention on one task at a time. Give it everything you've got. Then once you've completed that task, you can move on to the next one and give that one everything that you've got. So when you're creating content for social, close out your email, turn off Slack, put your phone in your bag and focus fully on creating that content. And then you can give yourself a break once that's completed. Speaking of that, our fourth tip, when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, just take a deep breath. In a new study, researchers at the Stanford University School of Medicine and their colleagues have identified a handful of nerve cells in the brainstem that connect breathing to states of mind. The study demonstrated that slow breathing induces tranquility to your body. And if you think of that, it really makes sense because if you were to start breathing really quickly right now, you'd actually start feeling your state of your body, essentially how you're feeling, change completely. This type of slow breathing is actually really common in yoga. So if you've done yoga before, then you might be familiar with this. Or for those people who meditate, it's kind of the same thing. So we know that as marketers and business owners, tasks can really start to pile up throughout the day. Sometimes we just feel like we will not be able to complete everything, let alone at a high level. And as simple as it sounds, it's helpful to just breathe. Breathing not only reduces stress and increases focus, but it helps to bring a sense of clarity to what really needs to get done and what can be put off for another time. That's why you see all different types of CEOs talking about the benefits of meditation on Twitter and on podcasts and pretty much everywhere else. They actually use breathing techniques as a way to extract what's important around them. When you have a million things to do during the day, that type of clarity is invaluable. Another one of my favorite neuroscience tips is to use lists. I know I love lists. I mean, how do you feel about lists, Brian? I love lists. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. I mean, there's just nothing like a good list. (laughs) And it turns out that we are not alone in our love of lists. Our brains also love lists. And that's because it's the most effective way for the brain to receive and organize information. Recent research actually suggests that the key to a more organized mind and productive brain is to make to-do lists. It's that simple. I know. (laughs) Neuroscience tells us that the brain's working memory stores information on a short-term basis. According to Dr. Daniel Levitin, most people can hold about four things in their mind at any one time. When we ask our brain to store more than what is optimal, it causes our performance to decline. So go ahead, make an old-fashioned to-do list. A to-do list will free up space in your brain for other more important tasks that need to be accomplished during your day. I feel like that rule of four is so accurate. If I have more than three things I need from the grocery store, just yeah, gone. I'm not going to remember. Just gone. Yeah. yeah. Just write it I down. always forget that fifth thing, right? It's like... Yes. Toothpaste. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> All right. Well, since our brain has an attention filter, urgent matters will be at the forefront. So at the same time, our brain doesn't want to forget those less important matters either and won't hesitate to remind you of them somewhere around 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a to-do list, your brain can rest because it knows that you're on it. And as we've mentioned before on the show, Brian and I both habitually use the app Todoist. It is super simple yet incredibly effective in task management, and we could not recommend it more. And oh, another part that I found interesting from our research is that when we process information, we do so spatially. 
Yes, that part was so interesting. Essentially, lists appeal to our general tendency to categorize things. In fact, it's hard for us not to categorize something the moment we see it, since our brains chunk information into short, distinct components. Uh, this type of organization facilitates both immediate understanding and then also later recall. As neuroscientist Walter Kinch pointed out back in 1968, because we can process information more easily when it's in a list than when it's clustered and undifferentiated, like in standard paragraphs, a list feels more intuitive. In other words, lists simply feel better to our brains. Last but not least in our neuroscience journey, take a break and move. Research into neurogenesis, the ability of certain areas of the brain to grow new cells, indicates that we can foster new brain cell growth through exercise. Our brain has the amazing ability to rebuild and rewire every day. So the area of the brain linked to learning and memory is called the hippocampus. Research shows that endurance exercise sparks new neuron growth in the hippocampus as a protein, which is called FNDC5, and it's released into the bloodstream when we sweat. Not only are there brain growth benefits, but there's also productivity benefits as well. Exercise can boost alertness. When you exercise, you're increasing blood flow to the brain, which can help sharpen your awareness and make you more ready to tackle your next big project. According to the University of Cambridge, exercise releases serotonin into your brain that helps you feel better and improves your state of mind, making the stresses of work easier to handle. Even if it's a 15 to 30 minute walk during the day, you'll start to see a noticeable difference in your performance at work. All in all, daily exercise results in improved concentration, sharper memory, faster learning, prolonged mental stamina, enhanced creativity, and lower stress. So, I mean, this is just an incredible tool. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Science of Social Media today. Though this is mine and Brian's last episode, you will be in such good hands moving forward. Thank you so much for all of your love and support over the years. We will never forget this experience. This podcast is very close to our hearts. It truly is, Haley. And stay tuned next week for a sneak peek introduction to our new Science of Social Media hosts, Dave and Heather May. We could not be more excited to hand the show off to them. With that, this is Brian and Haley signing off and wishing you the absolute best with your social media marketing in 2019 and beyond. It has been an amazing journey. Mm-hmm.